Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. We're very privileged to have a masterclass on branding from an entrepreneur who built a business from ground up and exited that business at age 34, $15 million richer. He's now 36 and he's still very well known for this building and sale of his internet hosting services company, Vodian, which he did back in 2017. Alvin Poe now helps guide the next generation of entrepreneurs and consumers, and he has his own philosophy for businesses, which he details in his book, Super Scaling, Systemize or and Break Free. We talked about it the last time he was on air with us. We love chatting with him so much, we invited him back. Alvin wants to help startup founders turn their six to seven figure revenue into an eight or nine figure revenue. Maybe we'll learn a little bit of how to do that today. Alvin Poe, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, great to have you back. I wonder if you can share with us a little bit before we get started about what you're doing right now. Right now, I'm coaching entrepreneurs, helping them super scale their businesses, bringing it to the next level. All right. All right. So when it comes to brand building, I think everybody thinks they've got to do it social. They've got to be on social. But there's so many social platforms out there. Do I have to be on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and TikTok? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. The, the the problem that businesses face is actually a limitation on resources. Uh, and I know this saying, I think it's a Russian saying, uh, a man who tries to catch two rabbits at once ends up with uh, none. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the lesson to be learned from that saying, just like anything that we do in business or in life, is that we should really try to focus on, on certain things that work for us. And that's the, that's the game for social media as well. We don't really know what works, so we should try and test uh, the various channels. But you know, once we find something that, that works for us, I think doubling down and making sure that we truly maximize that channel is something that we should be doing. So you've got to think strategically about which channel that you're going to use and then dive down on them. I mean, people think that Facebook ads are really sticky. I can't tell you the number of times I bought something because I see it on Facebook, right? (laughs) We're all moving to buying things because of what Facebook shows us. So how essential are Facebook ads to brand building, uh, in your opinion? Facebook ads are actually really powerful, but it really depends on the business that you're running. Mm -hmm. I think it's great for, you know, especially direct-to-consumer businesses, e-commerce brands, things that... Uh, are maybe more impulsive in nature. Mm-hmm. So the, the the quantum, the ticket, the price of your product or service might be lower. Uh, I think that's something that's great for Facebook. Um, the the more expensive products, the more uh, commercial and the more enterprise um, products or services, I'm probably aren't going to be doing that well on Facebook. Um, and I think that's the problem with Facebook. It's it's really, really popular and really, really powerful, but it really doesn't apply for everyone. And if you're a business owner that wants to get more customers, more revenue, and you're, you're only looking at Facebook, uh, that, that might be a bit short-sighted. And you should really like, consider other avenues um, out there as well. And what other rev- avenues would maybe be even more applicable than Facebook to a business? Can you share an example? Sure. So Facebook is a form of digital marketing, digital advertising. 
um, just in that niche alone, mm-hmm. that area alone, we have other platforms. Uh, Instagram is another one. TikTok is another one. But I think the granddaddy, the original like pioneer of that is it's Google. People mm-hmm. still use Google a lot. Um, and Google is fantastic for intent-based marketing. Mm. Um, when I say intent-based, it's because when we go to search engines like Google, mm-hmm. we aren't just spending time there, you know, chilling out like with Facebook, right? Because Facebook kind of feeds us information based, based on what we have on our wall and, and, that, and all that. But with Google and other search engines, we go there specifically for a reason. We're going there to look for... Um, you know, shoes to buy or we're going to, you know, find services that can fix our uh, air conditioning or, you know, our car has broken down and we we are looking for a workshop that can help us. That is intent-based, you know, behavior and we can actually have advertising to, you know, fit that. So it's really interesting because people go with Google with an intent. They want to search for a whatever it is, right? Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. One of the major storylines that we've been talking about is uh, Apple's new iPhone privacy rules that is mm-hmm. making it difficult for apps to track users across the internet and how that's mm-hmm. impacting ad revenues and profits of social media and tech giants. So do you think Apple constricting the ability of apps um, like Facebook, for example, like Snap to sort of figure out where else you've been so that they can show you targeted advertising, does that mean that they're less effective uh, channels for marketers today to consider? I, I think uh, marketers got a bit lazy because that that whole that whole like the internet landscape was basically like wild wild west and you could do almost anything. Mm. Uh, but right now, what's happening with all the privacy laws is just making making sure that people are a lot more targeted. They are a lot more uh, um, they 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 really create ads that are very spe- specific to their audience. Um, and they, they're, they're more creative, I think. That, that encourages creativity for marketers and businesses uh, because you can't just like target people based on their behavior anymore. You've got to actually be really sure about a creative and a audience uh, to serve them an ad that will work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, and so I think that's the nature for like, advertising. It always changes regulations platforms, you know, whatever. So I I don't even think this would cause a big dent. It's just a, you know, an obstacle that marketers would just, you know, get around with. And, you know, pretty soon we will see, pretty soon I think people will just forget about this and we'll start to see like ad revenue just pick up again. Okay. So, um, Despite the big headlines, you think social is here to stay. If you're a business, you need to be on social. Is that the bottom line? You don't have to be on all the socials, but you have to be on social. I think businesses need to understand who they are talking to. I, I think uh, a lot of times people see Facebook or digital marketing as the solution to their traffic or their, you know, to, to how they acquire customers, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, if you run a brick and mortar business, if you run a you know a more traditional business, if you run like uh, a business that has physical outlets, maybe Facebook isn't the only thing or the first thing that you should consider. Uh, you could just do something that's more uh, geographic in nature, like looking at like the people living near your outlet or living near your business. Mm. And you know, traditional marketing works perfect for that. You mean like flyers going around with you know. Reaching even flyers out people, will, yeah, physically yeah, reaching. Even flyers, will, 
Yeah, because if you live next to a business, you are more likely to visit that business than if somebody were, were to be living like, you know, 10 miles away. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and you can't do that on Facebook. So I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, other advertising ch- channels can still give that Facebook cannot. Facebook is just very convenient, very accessible, but might not necessarily be the best. Okay. We had an entrepreneur, young entrepreneur, who's uh, built a terrific business in search engine optimization. And it's, it's a fascinating world to dive into. But then you get into all these technicalities like reverse keyword search. And mm. really the aim is always to get to number one on that Google search, right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, Overarching, though, I sometimes wonder if because people are so busy reverse keyword researching and trying to find the keywords, they are prioritizing keywords over what their brand is about. Do you think there are differences between SEO and brand building? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like we talked about prior, SEO is is all about uh, intent-based behaviors and that's why keywords are used and that's why businesses want to find the keywords that people are searching for. If you are selling TVs, you want to find the keywords that people are using to search for TVs. Like it could be maybe uh, best like 30 inch TV in Singapore or something. And so that's very, very intentional. Uh, people don't just go to Google to, to just spend time and, and hang out. Uh, they do that on YouTube and on Facebook and on Instagram, but on U- on Google, they are they're very, very specific. And that's why um, SEO is all about that transaction. Brand building, though, is, is a little different because when I talk about brand building, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really have that intention behind that. It's, it's more of uh, allowing that prospect or that customer to be brand aware. Uh, they might not even know you. They might not even know that there was an industry around it. But because your ad is there or because you are there, you're starting to educate and bring awareness to that prospect who might not have ever heard of that industry or, or your brand at all. Um, for that, we look at other, other forms of adverti- advertising and you probably won't be using SEO. You're probably going to be using uh, Facebook or any other like uh, traditional like, impression-based um, advertising channel. Wouldn't you still need SEO to power whatever else that you're using? Um, the content on your website, for example, or the content on your blog or the content on your um, whatever. I mean, would you still, does it all, always fundamentally come back down to SEO as the root for brand building or does it not? You know, it doesn't have to be um, SEO. Um, one of the very popular examples in the social media space mm-hmm. is this brand um, called Gymshark. And these guys have hit, I think it was more than a $1.5 billion valuation um, a few years ago. And Gymshark came out of nowhere. They came out of nowhere to be a competitive um, um, and their, their market was in the space that Nike, Adidas, Puma, Reebok, uh, typically played. And to have them do that, that was incredible. The reason why they became so popular was because of social media, particularly influencers. So they piggybacked on influencer marketing to really build that brand that they have. And, and not only build it, but also like uh, drive sales. 
Because when we talk about brand building, we might not necessarily talk about conversions and, and sales. Um, but when we talk about like what, what Gymshark did, they literally built their business and their brand um, through social media and influencer marketing. Fascinating. Actually, they initially started with drop shipping fitness mm-hmm. supplements and yeah. the founder behind it really had a passion for website and app development and yeah. used that to build this fitness company that, as you say, has taken on sort of Nike and all those big names. And right. they did it primarily, you think, because they were able to capture the attention of the masses through influences. Yeah, exactly. They were one of the first to really capitalize, capitalize on that trend and maximize that. Like These days, a lot of people... Um, you know, they, they try influencer marketing as well, but, you know, it's not as effective anymore. Um, but uh, what these guys did was really impressive and really, really, like, uh, like effective. Okay, let's pick up on that. Why do you say influencer marketing may not still be relevant today? Um, it's, it's all got to do with the first mover advantage. I think, I think uh, what Gymshark did was uh, quite unprecedented at that time. These days, though, like almost every business is try, trying to make use of influencer marketing as a channel as well. Um, we have a lot of direct-to-consumer brands in Singapore um, already making use of that. And that's why we see influencers uh, promoting and advertising for certain products and services. We see that all like, happening all in, in like, you know, products like, like TV monitors, computer monitors, even like office chairs and, uh, you know, I, you know, glasses, um, but we also see beauty products and supplements being promoted as well. So I think the, the thing with influence, influencer marketing is that right now we are shifting towards an age where everything is social. Everybody is on social media. We are looking at what other people are doing and influencer marketing is powerful like that. But because we are, this is happening like, I think six years after what Gymshark has done, I think there's a lot more competition in this space now. For influencer marketing. That's right. Mm. What are some case studies? Can we go back? Is it just Gymshark that you had in mind in terms of brands who have built themselves really well in this social media age? <laughs> Secret Lab is pretty close to home. Ah. <laughs> They've done a pretty, pretty good job too. Do you have a Secret Lab chair? Uh, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, they really have. I mean, those chairs were all over the place. But the first time I saw a Secret Lab chair, I have to say, was probably on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I think they did a fantastic job with their social media marketing, uh, not just on Facebook, but like on Instagram uh, and all the other channels, actually. So they've really been where their target market um, lives. And that's in the social media space. So, uh, yeah, they did a real good job. Secret Lab, revenue $350 million Singapore dollars, <laughs> started by Ian Ang and Alaric Chu back in 2014. All right, before uh, we, we wrap up, for companies listening in, wondering how much of my marketing budget should be spent on brand building, because I'm a brand new startup. What it's, do you say? It, it, there's a difference between brand building and um, ROI-driven advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, for brand new startups, it really depends on what kind of budget you have. Like if you're bootstrapped and you're very lean, um, you're going to be very particular about the ROI that your advertising dollar brings in. If you have a lot more of a budget and you don't mind spending more to build a brand, then 
you know, you can li- you can literally like increase that marketing budget that you have. Um, but for for most businesses, I would focus on something that has ROI first, especially if you're brand new. And that means looking at all these channels and making sure that when you put out an advertising, you're not lazy about it. You have a very clear message. You have a very clear CTA, a, a call to action. And you know that if you spend a dollar on on your ad, you get at least a dollar back. Um, and that is one of the more sustainable ways of you know, really growing that business of yours. Um, that's that's a message that I tell my coaching clients as well, the people that read the Super Scaling book. They will know also. Um, that's how I think businesses should focus on and, and not be not be too like hasty about like building a brand before you get traction and uh, being a bit more lean in the way that you deploy your capital. So this is about intentionality every step of the way, it sounds like. Um, I, I think we actually didn't get your tips for better search engine optimization. And I know that is a really hot topic for a lot of our <laughs> listeners. So do you have any tips for better SEO? Yes, I, I think this is a huge topic in itself. It is. In, uh, Vodian, the company that I used to run, uh, we started off with SEO and it is a you know, a, a, almost a university course in itself. I spent nights just reading about it. And the problem with SEO is that it keeps changing. Yeah. Uh, what, what you know now or what you know like six months ago probably wouldn't be that relevant now. And you've got to constantly stay abreast of the technology, of the industry, of the news, of the regulations, of policies that happen. Um, so I, I'd say the best way to do this is to really invest in a course. It doesn't have to be a very expensive course, but it gives you the fundamentals. It gives you the understanding behind SEO and mm-hmm. the immediate things that you need to do. There is so much that can be done. Invest I mean, in just, a course. Yeah. There's a ton of courses online that people uh, put out, and I think that gives a very good overview on SEO. And then after that, you can decide whether or not, as a business, to take it upon yourself to do it yourself or hire somebody to help you because now you have a better idea of what needs to be done. And then you have actually more respect for the role instead of thinking, yeah. okay, just an intern can do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I spent so much time on SEO. There was on-page optimization, off-page optimization. Uh, you did yeah. it yourself? You decided like to do then? it yourself? Yeah, for Vodian? Yeah, I was 17 years old and I had to do all these things myself because... My co-founder and I, we didn't have the budget to spend on these things. And when you look at growing a business, there are just two things that you're looking at. Your resources are either, either time or money. And we didn't have money, so we invested time and did most of the things ourselves until we had the revenue to expand the team, to grow, and to get like maybe an agency to help us. Oh, wow. Ended pretty well in the end. Well, we love a happy ending. (laughs) Elvin, thanks as always for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Super fun. Always a joy. And you can read Elvin Poe's book. It is, is it available at Good Book Socia, Elvin? Kinokunia and the likes? Yeah, it's available in Kinokunia and popular. But I think the best way for people in Singapore is to visit superscaling.com slash book. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm providing free shipping for anybody who buys that book. 
Uh, so, yeah, make use of that. Fantastic. Thank you. Superscaling is the name of his book. My guest today, founder and ex-CEO of Vodian Internet Solutions, now advises startups and social media platforms on building their brand. He's also an angel investor. Alvin Poe. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.